Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Welcome to a romance-themed episode of Glee. <laughs> Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. My name is Karina Stokes. My name is Ian Brodsky. And I say this is romance-themed because today we are here to discuss Season 2, Episode 12 of Glee. Uh, originally aired February 8th, so you know what season it is of 2011. Uh, silly love mm. songs. And you know it's Valentine's Day-themed because... Glee color watch. Glee is in pink. Glee's this pink. Th- this time. I know. Uh, spoilers for like thirty seconds into the episode, but yeah, it features a pink Glee. Um, yes. Because the show took a hiatus, we're so like ridiculously out of sync season wise now. Because like we're just now yes. really gearing up to Christmas, and now suddenly we have to be in like full February mode. Right. Is this the first Glee episode that is named after a song that is performed in it? Mm, I think so. I think so too, right? Like I mean, not that I remember every. Actually, well, I do have the. I I have all of the, uh, previous ones up in front of me. Like, never been kissed was named after a movie, but not a song that they sing. Right. Oh, you know what we have? We have Dream On. Dream On. Yeah, you're right. So it's like the second one that's bruh. Right. And I guess. T- um, it's it's rare that they do that. Yeah, it really is, which I guess I applaud them for, because it'd be an easy... Yeah. You know who does that? Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, um, Degrassi The Next Generation was always named after an 80s song. That's amazing. I did not know that. Yeah. I'm not part of... I'm not a Degrassi head. Oh, I I was a Degrassi head, like, as a moody teenager, like... Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Surprising no one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we have this recap, um... I th- I'm really glad that they answered the question that we had last week where we left off, which was, what about Sam? Because the recap right. pretty much started off with, the three girls quit Cheerios and what about Sam? So, yes. thank you. Um, I liked that they said the three girls quit Cheerios, So and they explicitly pointed out, so now we get to see them wearing other costumes. Yes. They didn't call them costumes, they said like street clothes, street clothes, but I'm like, that's very funny to point out, like, look... Those poor girls have only been allowed to wear one thing this whole time we've been making this show. Let's give them a chance. I absolutely thought of you when that happened. And there is a love pentagon because of all of the uh, rom- teenage romances going around. And I went, Very okay. on brand. Yeah. A-, a love pentagon sounds like the most theater thing that could happen. A 100%. Right? Like, that's just, that's just theater, baby. I'm, like, trying to dig into the recesses of my, like, high school and college theater brain and be like how many love triangle pluses were there the answer is a surprising not a not many more than a love triangle but that's really it okay so there's really not that many more sides than a triangle three is kind of i mean look it's hard to emotionally like juggle that many relationships right Right. (laughs) it's uh you really got to put in the time and effort and i don't think who does who does who does um so we start in class. Um, yes. Uh, Puck's internal monologue. A lot of internal monologues this episode. Yeah, a lot of internal monologues. And if Puck has learned something, it's mm-hmm. one, never punch a cop. Yep. And two, you can't choose love. Love chooses you. So today we're 
We're talking about Laura Ze- Lauren Zeises, excuse me. We're talking about yeah. Lauren Zeises being the apple of Puck's eye. Um, yeah, I laughed at this scene because Puck literally, like, goes on to explain what, why he, like, like, he literally says, it started at sectionals. We needed a 12th member, and I, like, he literally explains what happened two episodes ago. Yes. And I realized it's probably for two reasons. One, this is post-hiatus, so for, in the real world, it had been a while. Right. And two, this is post-Super Bowl episode where they might have suddenly gained a lot of new viewers who Mm. didn't know. So I was like, so it makes sense why he has to do some just honest-to-God exposition that was... Like, that would normally be recap shit, but they didn't have time for it. That is critical thinking I do not put the effort into, because (laughs) I am here on my couch watching Glee for the first time, sequentially, with very little (laughs) limitations or uh, time constraints. I was just like, it's really weird, like, this kind of, like, literal recapping is something that would happen, I don't know, in the recap? But they weren't doing it, I'm like, oh, maybe, uh... Maybe that's why I was just like I was like when they're acting out of character, I'm trying to figure out why. I'm trying to use right. my my brain. Um, we are off to a really weird start here because this very much sets you up for the episode of I love this girl even though she's fat. Yeah, I mean, literally once again in the first shot, like Lauren's eating like chocolate at her desk off the top, and Puck says maybe it's because she's insulting me. Maybe it's because she has curves. We're not off to a great start here. No, it's a... Mm. Yep. They try in this episode, but I don't think they succeed. I agree. And I will say I was fully on this journey with them. And we'll get yeah. into that, like, as... We'll get into that in, like, really soon, actually, but... We will, um, but oof. But oof. We cut to Finn in the hallway. Finn is on top again because MVP, leader of he the pack... He won the football. He won the sports ball, as it were. Yes. And he did a good job. And now all the ladies are in love with him. Literally all of them. Yeah. Like, every single girl he passes in the hall, there's this awful shot of him, like, slow-mo doing finger guns at a group of random girls and mouthing. And he mouths pow, pow. And I'm like, this is, I've never cringed so large in my life. Yes. Confident single Finn, I hate him. Oh, see, (laughs) I'm fully with you. However, I will never not appreciate finger guns, albeit used recklessly. There's a reckless it. use of finger guns. Put them away. <laughs> Those are dangerous. The and now of course, then of course, immediately after my next note, which was basically, oh, we're still not off to a great start. Is yeah. great. Now we're looking to pry Quinn away from Sam because why we just can't talk about women like they're people in this universe. Or she's I mean, a prize to be won. She's a prize to be won. Not great. Um, no. Cut to, I was, uh, I don't really, I don't, re- I never remember what their yeah. couple name is because I always go out of my way to call them Blurt. Um, okay. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Fine. We'll call them Blurt. No, call them Clayne. Call absolutely. I just think Blurt is so much funnier. It is, but Clayne is more iconic. Yes, yes I know. Um, you have your traditional, like, Kurt, who is, like, Valentine's Day is a holiday invented by capital capitalism, and Blaine's like, I don't know, I love love. Right. I love this holiday, which is your classic, dy- like, dynamic in any in any holiday Hallmark movie. Someone believes that they don't believe in love, and someone does. It, it very much had that energy. Yeah. Because it starts off with, I got a friend who mm. I would like to essentially sing them a valentine is that too much 
and of course we think like okay blaine is maybe talking about kurt right kurt certainly thinks is kurt certainly thinks this and blaine knows his coffee order wonderful all signs mm-hmm. point to oh this is this is it this is the moment as David Hasselhoff as Jekyll and Hyde once yeah. said. Do you think? Do you think Serenade? Like I just feel like every guy who's been in an acapella group is like, I think serenading someone is the best plan I could have. And I don't know if I agree. Like I feel like that's also a trope of like I will serenade them and it will work, and I feel like it rarely works. I think I agree with you. Have you ever witnessed, you run in these circles, have you ever witnessed a serenading? Thank you for calling on my expertise. Um, It just feels like sometime in your life you would have seen someone serenade someone else. Surprisingly, no. Wow. Not even in college? Not even college. Wow. That seems like right for someone to serenade. Right. Especially knowing our, our friends from college. Right. And me thinking back to all of the theatrical, over the top teenagers. Right that i grew up with i cannot say that i have that i remember um remember that's a key point well that's to remember but the thing is i feel like i would remember that because i remember like i remember doing a flash mob in the lunch hall my freshman or sophomore year of college cool that was fun it that was the age of flash mobs it really was but never actually talk about that later i know i can't wait (laughs) But never have I ever seen a serenade. Like someone, like, like a, like a promposal or, I mean, right. promposals weren't a thing when we were in high school, thank God. But I don't think I have it either. Right. Which is a kind of a shame. I really feel like I would have liked to see that back then. I don't want to see it now. I'd die. But, like, <laughs> there was a time in my life where I think I would have liked to witness someone else being serenaded. I don't think sure. I would ever like to be serenaded, though. I had this, like, grand romantic gesture idea that I would, like, serenade myself into a proposal with the woman I would mm-hmm. eventually want to marry, but I'm 30 and yeah. single, so I'm not really thinking about that anymore. I mean, put it in that back pocket. You never know what the year will bring. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, Kurt has his hopes up. So we cut back to the Glee Club. We cut back to the Glee <laughs> Club. I my The top of my header on this section is love on a whiteboard. Yes, uh, my header note is that Britney's outfit is perfection. I'm going to yes. throw this out here now. All of Britney's outfits, she dresses, like, in that cute, like, cute tall blonde girl way that any girl knows what I'm talking about. She's, like, rocking the thigh-high boots and the mini skirts, even though it's high school. She's got Christian girl sweaters on, except she doesn't make them look homely. She just looks hot. Like, she looks great the whole episode, and I'm both admiring it and yes. pissed. <laughs> I mean, you you have the same body type. Yeah, but I can't ever find thigh-high boots that fit me right. Okay. Also, I was 0% that confident in high school. No, Like, that's... even if someone had shown me I that outfit that. and been like, you could wear this, I'd be like, no, I can. I get I'm that. I'm a mouse. <laughs> I'm a literal mouse. Aw. Shoe goes, guess what the, the theme this week is? And Brittany goes, oh, I think I know. Love. Yeah. And... I just wrote, bless Brittany. God bless Brittany. My caption said that, like, after she correctly guesses the word that's written on the board, as though it was a guessing game, but really she just read it, Her she has, like, a side comment that says, like, I'm going to graduate then. Like, yeah. as though that this was her, this is all was, she needed to prove she was smart. This was the final exam of high school as an she entity. She definitely says, like, another year, I thought. I, at least. I would assume. 
and the assignment this week is to partner up and find the world's greatest love song. I don't think any of them found the world's greatest love song. I in, 100% in agree. Also, like, a weird assignment to give to a school. I mean, I guess Will probably knows that... Well, like, a couple episodes ago, everyone was paired off, and this would make more sense, except for Mercedes. But now it's just, like, tell, like, highlight your interpersonal relationships in this extracurricular class, children. To me, your teacher. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, like, it's weird. I know why it's not weird, because so many of the Glee Club are dating. Ooh, but also it's weird. So, yes, Will makes a very inappropriate assignment. Yes. And then Finn, like, stands up and goes, like, look, I'm hot shit around here. Yes. And everyone's like, okay. Like, Mercedes has a face on through this whole speech, which was my face, which is just, like, confused as to why this is happening. Oh, man. Yes, this is the part of the episode, listeners. My food just arrived for dinner. I'm going to try to do this episode while eating my dinner. I'm going to try my best to edit out any food oh. munching noises that Jeez. happen here. I apologize in advance. I did not mean to make this the episode, the ASMR episode of no! Glee Clap Aggressive. No, I don't. We. I hope to God we never do an ASMR episode. Truly, it freaks me out. But especially not. not one that's food-based, because those are the worst ones. Mm -hmm. Like, I can deal with, like, the makeup brushes on the microphone or, like, the tapping on things, but the chew noises, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Finn gets up, makes a speech about how he's hot shit, and what his <laughs> what his plan is, because he's a celebrity now, he wants to give back to charity, and then he says, you guys, the Glee Club, of which he is part of. So, right. rough, buddy. Like, yeah, like, and the fuck you fell over the crowd. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Everyone then was like, oh, okay, Mr. Too Big for his britches. Too big um, for everything because you're a lurch. He's a... Yes, he's alert. But he's alert. really, all of this is a convoluted plan to kiss Quinn. Yes, because, because God forbid, and I'm not even going to blame Glee, blame Glee for this. I blame every high schooler that ever existed for having ulterior motives to get closer with someone they happen to have a crush on. Right. But, like, normally it's something more like they both volunteer to, like, reorganize the library or... Right. They both decide to, like, stay after class to clap erasers. I don't know what kids do. Um, Did you ever have to clap erasers in high school? God, no. By the time I was in Me high neither. school, no one used chalkboards. Same. They haven't reverted They haven't reverted back to chalkboards, I assume. I mean, um, vintage stuff does come back, so everything comes in cycles. If you're, you if you're like in high school, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Also, thank you. Also, write in. Yeah, do you have that one hipster teacher that's like, I only write on the, I write on vintage blackboards. No, what it would be is like a hipster teacher who's like, do you love my overhead projector? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> With my yeah. wet erase markers. Um. Mm -hmm. So yes, he has ulterior motives, but unlike a reasonable plan, Finn's dumb plan is <laughs> to hold a kissing booth, which is a very narcissistic and disgusting plan. I just, I will never not, I will never get over hashtag Finn's dumb plan. It's, it's a dumb plan! I know! Like, is a kissing booth a real thing? The only context I, in which I have seen it is Glee, 
probably some other show and those terrible Netflix movies called The Kissing Booth that I did not watch. I've never seen them in real life. Okay, me neither. But write in also and tell us if you had a kissing booth. At a school-sponsored event, even. like Yeah, I feel like no school, even in 2011, is going to be like, yeah, that's a good idea. One, get sexually active teenagers to kiss each other. B, hygiene. Yeah, I Germs. mean, now, obviously now, it's 2021. We can't even fathom the idea of a kissing booth. It's literally the right. worst thing you could do. But even back then, like, that's just a lot of kissing. And for money, too, which is, like, weird. It's weird mm-hmm. to kiss people for money in high school during school Absolutely. hours. At all. At all. So his dumb plan is to set up a kissing booth, I guess to give Quinn a cover for kissing him, and also just to kiss other girls. He seems to be both pining after Quinn and also reveling Chasing in his- Chasing this high, yeah. Yeah, his new, his new sexual high. Um, Fine. We don't um, like it. Like I said, confident single Finn is my least favorite version of Finn. Because he's just kind you. of a jerk. Yeah. I do appreciate that Santana... I mean, and this brings us to the next point. But Santana mm. was like, I've kissed you. It's not that great. However, I would pay money to jiggle your man boobs. Yes. Hilarious. And then it leads not, into... Not from a body shaming standpoint, but just but a very a funny line. From a Santana yeah. like game move. A funny line. It leads into the best part of the episode, which is everyone being like, Santana, why are you always so mean? And then they just yeah. all rattle off a bunch of the insults that she has said to them recently. Yes. Such as that Will needs to be in a 12-step program. And he goes, what? And Santana very quickly goes, you're, you're addicted, addicted to, to vests. vests. <laughs> Chef's kiss. That felt like the right kind of fan service. That is the fan service I need. And exactly. And then it transitioned to my favorite line of the episode, which is Rachel going, look. Maybe I am destined to play the title role in a Broadway version of Willow. What is that? Okay, so Willow is a fantasy movie. Oh, when did that movie come out? It came out in 1988. Um, It stars Warwick Davis, who you might know as that one short actor. I think he was also Professor Flitwick. Mm. So, you now can understand where the joke is coming from. It's a Rachel okay. Short joke. Sure. But the fact that it made me laugh, you know, none of Santana's insults are politically correct at this point. We know this. Valid. But it did make me laugh that Santana, in insulting Rachel, was like, hey, you are talented enough to land a lead role in a Broadway show, but it yeah. is for playing a, a dwarf. That is the second... Like, that's the second time that mm-hmm. the insult has kind of been... What's, like, the reverse of a backhanded compliment? Where it's an right. insult, but there's something, like, nice about it? Yeah, that's a little bit of a nice insult. After calling her Yentl, this is the second mm-hmm. time. Exactly. Like, Santana's like, damn, I can't deny she's talented, but I still want to make her feel bad about herself. I do love... And this is, like, the Lauren Zeiss that I love. Mm-hmm. Um... Santana says, I keep it real and you love me. And Lauren says, no, you're just a bitch. Yes. Which is true. Yeah. And I guess it's Rachel then that comes in and says, "Uh, you condition out, like, let's face it, you condition out, but you can't take it. All you'll ever do is, like, the only job you'll ever get is on a pole. Which Which we we don't love disparaging sex workers. Right. We've grown since 2011. 
that joke would not fly nowadays. No. Or like, or that insult, even. Right. Um, um, and it cuts to Santana sobbing on the floor with Brittany. Brittany says, have you tried rocking back and forth? That helps people in the movies. And funny. Santana is just crying and saying, I just try to be really honest with people when I think that they suck. And she's like fully sobbing. And it's yeah. like, I think hits the right level of like Glee's sort of like camp level. I yes. thought that that whole scene with Santana did a good job. Yes, I agree. Um, and then that pans over to Puck asking Lauren out to breadsticks, mm-hmm. of course. Of course. And Lauren, to her credit, essentially says, no, I need yeah. to be wooed. Yeah, come on, court her. Yeah. This is like the whole lesson in Puck finding out that women are more complex than he might think, which, like, right. good for him, a good lesson to learn. Sure. Um, and then I believe we go to Dalton. We do, where because... Kurt is doodling in a notebook. I know. Kurt's doodling in a notebook that just says Blaine and Kurt, but it's taking up the whole page. Adorable. Blaine has called an emergency meeting of the Warbler's Counselor, which... So, welcome to my my next level of, like, weird... Healthy boys assemble! (laughs) So, but the thing is, we get to the meeting, and it's Blaine has summoned the council, and it is determined that he is a junior member. Which means really? Blaine is not running the council. Yes, they say junior member Blaine Anderson. It's yes. like a full name. So the council is three presumably upperclassmen. But we've been trying to figure out. I was like, okay, I gotta write a new a new headcanon then to explain why Blaine is the one who's basically doing all the talking and when they get to and like he's and the all one the who solos. weirdly Well, that's just because he's talented, presumably. Sure. But why he was the one who, like, shook Will Schuster's hand during um, sectionals and seemed like right. he was in charge. So he's not on the council, but every other member of the Warblers has, like, crippling social anxiety. So they're like, Blaine, we're in charge, but you have to, like, make all the phone calls and, mm-hmm. like, talk to the delivery drivers and, like, shake hands with the adults when we go to competitions because we're in charge, but we don't want to talk to anyone. I don't hate that. I fully buy it. I relate. Exactly. On both sides. I've been both right? the person that's like, no, 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 you gotta talk to them, and also the person that's like, well, hi, I'm the representative. Yeah, Blaine has to be the representative, and that's what the council voted. The council is like, we don't want to talk to fucking anyone. You right. seem like a guy who likes to do a good talk. Or um, even like, hey, you're younger than us, and you still have, yeah. like, energy. We're all, like, seniors and jaded. Right. You're our, you're our public relations department. And maybe it's like a... I was going to say a grooming thing. That's not what we want. Ugh. Like a... Maybe it's like... um, Maybe it's like the council is like preparing him to eventually take up the mantle of a council. So it could be that, you know, it's already right. halfway through the school year. It could be that they're just trying to get him ready for his job in the new year. Totally. Um, But Blaine has called this meeting because he wants to perform outside of the school. Oh, no. I am shocked to find out that they never, that they have never done really the informal settings since, as Telly Long puts it. Yes. Um, where was it? Um, oh, I didn't write down what the incident was that made them stop doing It was in 1927. Settings. They were performing that. at uh, uh, an airstrip and they were performing a song and an airplane landed poorly and killed seven warblers. I think yes. they got hit by a plane. Um, Casual. But Blaine uses the uh, classic Legally Blonde defense, which is to say, why don't we do it for love? Kurt as Elwoods. That's how they got into Harvard. It's because of love. 
Yeah. Do toy. Exactly. <laughs> and this is where we learn. Um, I also love that. I mean, his speech here was great. Like, just mm-hmm. right, like on principle. Yes. Good for him for being for finally being like, hey, we're pretty like we are just like that bird. We're in a cage. Yeah, exactly. We're, all... we're in a cage. The bird's are... a metaphor. We are all Joanna from Sweeney Todd. Um, oh, boy. But... Also a metaphorical bird. Oh, you're right. A full full song about that one, too. He says, yeah, like I'm used to performing to adversity i had a cat thrown at me in a nursing home <laughs> in a nursing home a plus line love it if this had been either i can't tell if it would have been a better show or a lesser show they would have had a quick cutaway to like you know how like family guy just like smash cuts the 30 rock cutaways maybe even in a later episode of like season of glee they might have done it they would have done just a smash cutaway to kurt getting hit in the face with a cap while singing a mm. song and cut right back and they didn't do that which is too bad because i kind of would have liked to see it same so, yeah, Kurt helps convince them because he thinks he's about to get serenaded to. Yes. However. They have to go sing. However. They have, have to go, go sing. sing. Oh, my at... God. May, may I? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> They're going to perform at The Gap. I don't know because why. Because Blaine they... is in love with the junior manager. I don't know why being a fucking Gap sent me so hard. Like, just, The Gap is perhaps the funniest of all places that they could have chosen. It's, Did The Gap yeah. pay for this? Do you think The Gap was like, mention The Gap in the episode and we will give you money? Was this a sponsored location? Oh, man. Please, someone from, hey, The Gap, please, Mr. The Gap, yeah. please write in and let us know. <laughs> what were you thinking in 2011? In 2011, getting your name on Glee probably was great advertising. I'm sure the young people had forgotten about The Gap and they were like, we got to get that crowd. I mean, I remember when the Spring Awakening original cast had that massive Gap ad. So, wow. So maybe the Gap just loves Leah Michelle. Well, okay. The, the, the Gap sims for Leah Michelle, and when they couldn't get Leah Michelle to sing a song in the Gap, they, they took the next best thing, which right. is the Warblers. So, so there's... Kurt is, ne- Kurt is understandably disappointed. And there's a perfect score cue here. Glee doesn't do score cues, like, very often, like... Well, because most of the music is either very, very background or them singing. But right. as soon as he mentions that the guy he has a crush on isn't Kurt, like, I don't know what song it is, but a very, like, jarring song, like, Needle Drop happens, basically. And, like, right. that starts getting louder, like, it's in Kurt's ears, and the rest of it starts fading away, and we're, like, zooming in on his shocked face, and it pans to, like, it cuts to them at a girl's party where he's lamenting. The fact that he just got crushed by his crush, as it were. Mmm, very good. Um, I do love... Okay, I mean, my first note is since when are Rachel and Mercedes at slumber parties together? Because I feel like that... I get, like, Rachel and Kurt are now friends. Mercedes and Kurt have always been a dynamic duo. Yeah. It was just weird to me that all three of them were together in a room. Which... I wonder if, like, they didn't... like. That Kurt... I mean, Mercedes and Rachel have, like, vaguely bonded over being Kurt's friend... Like, I'm sure, sure Mercedes and Rachel wouldn't hang out on their own, but as a trio it works, but you take away Kurt and it would not be working. And we do have, like, I mean, we have at least, at again, the bar is in hell, but we have the respect yeah. factor of Rachel having, I guess, admitted that there are yeah. other talented people in this school and in this glee club. So, 
yeah. the respect is there, and I could see them both wanting to be there for their friend. Um, yeah, I really think Kurt's the glue here if he was not also... Like, they can only hang out, all three of them. Because they also met up for coffee with Kurt and Blaine last yes. episode. So, like, there's precedent for them sort of hanging out with Kurt. But... Right. If Kurt wasn't there, it would be a, it'd be a no-go. Right. Is my my guess. I believe I agree with you. Um, I do... I will say... This is a moment where I'm like, okay, points of glee for recognizing mm-hmm. kind of the growth. We, be- yes. we seldom get growth, but we get Kurt kind of realizing, oh, he's built up this thing in his head and it's not mm-hmm. real life. Right. Check. We get Mercedes saying, hey, we all do that. I did that with yeah. you. Check. Right. Um, Good callback. Good continuity glee. Yeah. Rachel, however, comes across it once again like a psychopath. Yeah. Right, Rachel's because not ready to let go of her relationship with Finn at this point. Even though it's been like three months, which I had to remind myself about a little later Has in the it episode. Been three months? Well, because you have to imagine when they the officially sectionals. broke up. Well, sectionals was before Christmas. I guess, so Glee went on a hiatus as well. So right. they broke up, had Christmas. Officially and around then- Christmas. And then, so yeah, by the time we get back into Sue Sylvester Shuffle, he is, they've been broken up for all of January, basically. Yeah, I guess that makes yeah. sense. Like, I mean, we don't maybe get to not see three months, glee. two and a half, three months. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, and like in, and I wrote this down later, like in teenagers, two and a half, three months is an eternity. So For real. For the growth that we do get out of this episode, I do buy it. Um, also, this is like the most lines Mercedes has had in several episodes. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's still not enough. But like, good to hear from her. Nice to see you, yeah. Mercedes. And she has some great things to say about how they all idolize divas. They are the mm-hmm. divas of the school, and yep. all of the divas got famous when they were single ladies. Exactly. So that's the it's kick what, that they need. It's what Beyonce would have wanted. I one hundred percent agree. Then we have what I can only, uh, and I wrote down my direct quote here because it was. Oh my god. Oh my. Oh no. Oh my. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, can you tell me what caused that reaction, Ian? It was the introduction of the song Fat Bottom Girls. Yep. And my mind, the internal monologue, if you will, for all of my mm-hmm. acting teachers listening, my my given circumstances were that I was remembering the porno we watched. Yep. Yep. Followed by Oh no! I know we know exactly who this is about. About. Yeah. Oh my! Oh no! Yeah. So. Yeah. I have so this song is uh, "Fat Bottom Girls" that Puck is singing. Mechanically, he's doing a good job. Like uh, it's a it's a great song. They do a with, great job with it. With no context, just the song. This is a very well done song and a good song to listen to, done by Glee. Wonderful ography in this. Yeah. Wonderful. Britneyography, wonderful yep. Mike Chang driving a chairography. Yes. With Tina. Theography is great. All theographies. Oh, also side yes. note before we get too into it, I do not believe Rachel knows the song. They cut to her at one Fair. point, she does some clapping. Don't oh believe my God. she knows it. So the clapping is so funny though, because like he's clearly singing to Lauren. All the other girls are like looking over like sort of like like confused. And when the clap happens, Rachel is, like, she's sitting in between Mercedes or, like, Santana and Quinn, and she very begrudgingly does it. She looks like, ugh, well, someone's gotta do this clap on beat, and she's like, 
And it's very funny, but also correct. There's no way Rachel knows. Maybe Rachel's just so good with understanding, like, music. She's so well-studied that she's like, there would be two claps here. I, okay, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> no, it's, you're, you're right. Um, here's the thing about this song. <laughs> two fun facts about this song for me. And I might have mentioned Please. one of them during the Song Topsy episode. One, I always think this song is by ZZ Top. Like, even- Right, I remember you said that. <laughs> I still think it, even though I know it's not. For the whole first verse, I was like, isn't it weird that ZZ Top is on Bones because they're singing his song right now? <laughs> oh my god, this is why we're friends. Because I'm constantly in a rewatching Bones state, and I always remember, oh yeah, that's the guy from ZZ, that's ZZ Top. That's ZZ Top, the guy from Bones. And his hit song, Fat Bottom Girls. But it's not. This is not ZZ Top. It's Queen. Who yes. is not ZZ Top. The other thing is... I have one very strong memory of this song. And it's watching a woman pour gravy on her tits. And so... What? Oh my god. Ian, we went wait, to the was same it, oh, college. Oh, this was... This was... I can't oh, tell you. Wait, was this a burlesque show? Uh, Ian, I re- every single... I remember single, that. I remember here's that. the thing. The, the gravy on the tits one was very distinct. But I swear to god, every single burlesque show we went to in college, at least one girl performed to Fat Bottom Girls. I believe I, you on that. I only remember, like, one thing. and I mean, mm-hmm. now it's, like, three things. Because of the from, gravy on the tits? Because of the gravy tits. Um, the only other thing I really remember from any burlesque show I saw, and, like, that's not to disc the burlesque tribe by any means. No, they're we're all just wonderful old. people. <laughs> we're just old. Um, they're all wonderful, incredible artists. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the one thing, the most vivid thing in my mind was um, the body painting one yeah. that Robin did. That, like, yeah. became, like, a glow light show with her wings, and, like, that was really fucking cool. Yeah, no, anyway. there was some amazing burlesque performances. There really was. It was art. It was art. But also, there's a lot of them that have been to Fat Bottom Girls. I think because of, like, an empowerment thing, like, because, you know, all different body shapes can do burlesque, obviously. And this yeah. is a song that's about bigger women, I guess. And I guess it's not the most offensive thing. The, I, well, that brings me to the journey that I took with this, because... yes. I was at, when it when it first started. I was like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. this is going. This is feeding into the whole like pucks in love with a big girl thing right. because women are only as valuable as their size." Right. But of course. We see it become a love song. We mm-hmm. see Lauren, what seems like starting to kind of get flattered by this and actually mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. to take this like really well and kind of like it and kind of feel. I mean, like. We see what looks like the success of her being serenaded. And right. my other note in here, therefore, is we're all Will. Because right. Will is going through this also being like, is this okay? I I guess Should it's I... okay. And everyone's enjoying it. Everyone is cool with it. Lawrence, yeah. who this is clearly about, seems to be into it. Okay, fine. Enjoying right. it. And then I love that even Santana is speechless. Wonderful. Yeah. Santana's pissed because she's like, why is no one singing about me? And clearly this song is not for you, Santana. (laughs) Of course not. But we find out at the end of that that Lauren tells Puck, like, this was the first love song anyone's ever sung to me, dot, dot, dot. Right. And it made me feel like crap. Yeah. She was flattered. You can tell, like, the face acting on her during the number. You can tell she's kind of flattered, like... She can sort of see past the message and just kind of understand, like the the first message, and understand what Puck is trying to do. So she's flattered, but she is still like, 
Yeah, but you chose the fat woman song to sing to me. Out of all songs, you chose the fat woman one, which means you are only still seeing me. Like, you're reducing me to my size. Right. Like, rough. Not great. I will say, though, once again, without all that context, I do love this, like, performance. <laughs> yes, yes, it's absolutely. a good performance. He, he, Pug really killed it. Good for him. Yes, 100%. Not by ZZ Top. <laughs> right. Also, like, the right song for Puck. Yes. Even if it wasn't this context, I would fully believe that Puck sang this song. Yeah, he sounded good, good singing it. Yeah, for real. And uh, Puck definitely knows this song. Yes. Um. So after this, where Lauren is like, you kind of whiffed it, dude. Uh, we cut right. to <laughs> Puck. I mean, we cut to Finn, who has set up an extremely <sighs> elaborate stand in the middle of in the, the middle very of the hallway. Heavy... Like, it's not like off what to the, the side. Fuck? It's fully in the middle of what is essentially a hallway intersection. Why is this not, like, in that, like, outdoor lunch area that clearly only exists in Los Angeles, but for some reason the school in the middle of Ohio has it? It'd be like setting up a pop-up shop in the middle of a busy intersection with cars, and they'd be like, I guess it's good that I'm, I I can see you, but I'm also, I got places to be. Right. But apparently not, because every girl is here wanting to kiss him. Must be nice. Uh, honestly, the food in your mouth made that one even better. I know. Becky Jackson comes up and demands tongue, but instead gets a kiss on the cheek. Finn, um... That was great. That was great. Finn, I don't appreciate that he has his own sort of self-selecting system on who he gets to kiss on the mouth and who he kisses on the cheek. I feel like if you're gonna have a kissing booth, you have to pick a standard and go for it. Agreed. All kisses should be created equal. Yes, because otherwise you're creating, like, um, different classes of kisses and people will understand that they got the lesser kiss and there's a reason for that and you have insulted them and they also paid you for the privilege so yeah all a dollar and of course quinn knows quinn knows what's up quinn's smart and she is resistant she's not kissing him again because she knows that this is going to start shit right and who sees this go down from afar is her boyfriend sam yeah and she says She's like, they're getting very close and talking very flirtily, but Quinn is like, no, I don't want to hurt my boyfriend. And Finn's comeback, like, response to him being like, I don't want to hurt my boyfriend. He says, your boyfriend's a boy. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that Make mean, Finn? Is it, are you implying, like, he's a boy, I'm a man? Is he saying, like, he's just a boy, it doesn't matter? Like... Your like, boyfriend's a boy means nothing. That's a sentence that means nothing, Finn. And I wrote this later, and shout yeah. out to the memes of today, the Twitter memes yeah. of today, because all I could think during this, I guess, B plot line was, yeah. you want me to cheat the thing that killed all of your relationships? Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> God. Fuck you, Finn. Fuck like, you, Finn. Yeah, um, he's he's being very disrespectful to Sam. A guy last episode who we just called up to be quarterback for him because he's trying to be a better leader or whatever. Yeah. And now Fuck you're going to you. now you're going to mack on his girl? Mm-mm. Nope. And then we cut away to the library with Sam and Quinn where Quinn introduces Sam to the idea of records. I okay. believe it. I believe yeah. that he's never seen one truly. I mean, in 2011, I guess they like They weren't cool yet. They weren't cool yet, except if you were like, I mean, I feel like we knew people in college that were starting to collect vinyl, but that was a small crew. And it was just beginning, really. Like, you couldn't buy a record player easily yet. 
Um, Which does beg the question where where there's a record player inside this high school, but right, why Im- this high school library has records to circulate. <laughs> if record, then record player. Where? Well, right. I guess um, I would buy... Well, Noah, maybe Quinn has one at her house, because she's got like, rich people things, you know? Yeah, and like an old-fashioned home, old, right. old-fashioned family. It's got like a built-in bar. Yes. You pour your whiskey and put on your record and then dance around the living room. I don't yes. know. It's very nineteen sixty eight, if you will. And that's why she <laughs> talks about her level squirrel. <laughs> we just figured out exactly why Quinn is like she is. Yep. Why she dresses um, like a fifties housewife and sometimes has a transatlantic uh accent. <laughs> totally forgot about the transatlantic accent too when I did that. Um <laughs> and so Finn essentially not Finn, Sam. Yeah. Sam asks her about this, being like, look, I saw the two of you. What the fuck is going on? Right. And Which is very observant for Sam. Like, Right, because he has this whole thing of, well, people think I'm stupid. I'm not. I can see what was happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then turns around and says, uh, you got to kiss him. Right. Which, like, uh, I guess? Uh, it wouldn't be yeah. my go-to plan if I think my girlfriend's in danger of cheating on me with a guy to make her kiss the guy for money um but yep i guess i guess in sam's mind this is the only way and even quinn is like you were just up in my business about kissing him and now you want me to and now you're pissed at me for not doing it confusing and but sam does have a good point where it's like you want to be on top um i mean it's not a good justification because like if you at the end of the day like the result is you have to kiss finn i don't think your premise holds that much water no, but that's his plan, and he's sticking to it. Fine. Yeah, sure. Back to the kissing booth in the yes. middle of the hallway. Terrible place. Lonely Island kissing booth. Yeah. Also, it's so elaborate. Like, it's not just like a little tape. It's not a table with a sign out. It's like a fully built up structure. He's got the Charlie Brown, the Doctor is in thing. Like, I read my fucking. Except mind. it says the kisser is in. Gross. <laughs> the grossest thing. <laughs> And he's standing there and it's like, it's not like something that you popped up a table with a tablecloth and like a little lockbox of money. This is an intricate set that yeah. someone had to make. He, he went home, said, hey, new stepfather, Bert. Yep. Want to have some father-son bonding time and build me a fucking booth? And like, you know, Carol did like the lettering on the kissing, the kisser is yes. in sign. It was, it was a, a whole family, family project. Event, minus Kurt, because we don't know where the f- fuck Kurt falls into any of this ever at all. Kurt anymore. was watching like, this is a bad plot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Kurt's like, I'm so glad I don't have to be part of this plot. <laughs> part of me also imagined that that was happening while Kurt was at uh, Rachel's house for that slumber yes. party. Making it all Because he would have come home and stopped that tomfoolery. Um, anyway, we have Rachel paying to kiss Finn. <sighs> and Rachel gets a kiss on the cheek because of Finn's shitty self-selecting uh, policies. Right. He kisses her on the cheek. She flips out because she wanted a real kiss that she thought would make Finn fall back in love with her. Right. It's foreshadowing. Um, so she gets all worked up when she's like, I'm still in love with you. Why can't you just forgive me? He flips his sign that says the kisser is out. So, and then takes her to talk, which is just moving her from one side of the booth to the other. Still the same place. Still in the hallway. And he had conveniently with him, for whatever reason, her birthday, her her Christmas present from several months ago. Why was he carrying it around ready to give to her? 
at any moment. Yeah, like at the booth too. Like he had to know that Rachel was going to come up and like maybe it's the instance we're giving Glee too much credit here. Where it's like, okay, maybe the backstory is like Rachel had told Kurt who told Finn and Finn was like, okay, might as well get this out there. But I still think that's giving them too much credit. And like he didn't like Megan walked to his locker and grab it out of there. That's a reasonable plot. But no, it's just on his person. And she's like, this is from Christmas. And he's like, I bought it for you for Christmas um, before we broke up. And he gives it to her. And it's like a gold star necklace. And this is like Finn's one sort of nice epi- like episode moment. Because right. basically he's like, you're more talented than anyone. You don't need to be with anyone to be the star that you are. Because, she, you know, gold star. And right. the one, like, actual genuine thing is, like, we, you know, just because we're not together doesn't mean I don't believe in you. Which is, like, okay, nice. And shows, like, a smidgen of nice guy Finn that's been missing all episode. Right. And this is the part where I, I thought to myself, okay, it's been about two, three months. In teenage years, that's a yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is starting to not necessarily forgive her, but able to move past it and... Exactly. <laughs> Oddly enough, see her as a human. Wow, and respect imagine. that much. Again, the bar is in hell. So yeah, that's like Finn's moving past it moment, and Rachel gets hers later, I guess. So, Although Finn's moving past it movement is maybe also not, it's really confusing. But it's, it's like weird. high school teenage love drama, and that's what this whole episode is. So it's not accurate for us as adults, but it probably sure as hell felt accurate to 17-year-olds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But enough about that. Let's talk about Mike and Artie doing PYT. Artie's sweater watch, he's wearing it, has red with some sort of abstract darker red shapes. I thought it might be dinosaurs, but I couldn't really tell. Right. There wasn't a whole lot of um, full sweater action there. Um, Artie has been just genuinely pretty cool for the past couple of episodes. It seemed like after yeah. he he stopped hanging out with Puck on screen and started hanging out with just mostly Brittany. Um, and I guess now Mike. He's been yeah, nice. that's cool. Maybe the magic comb fixed him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. It was a magic um, comb after all. Yeah. I yes. liked that they're, they're both just like, damn, they're out here drinking respect women juice. Like, we both right. date such cool girls. Yeah, because we're cool. Um, and that's neat. Um, I do love the ography where Mike is, like, scaling the lockers. That was yes. really cool. Yes. Um, I mean, always a pleasure to watch Harry Shum Jr. dance. Kevin McHale 100%. generally sounds pretty good singing this type of music. I yeah. just have never been a huge fan of this song. Me neither. It's fine. All of the Michael controversy aside, it's never just, my favorite song. It's not the best Michael song. Meh. Right. It was a very cute song. Yes. Um, I do love that Brittany was like, that's my man and his legs don't work. Like <laughs> That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, so they sing the song to Tina and... Um, Brittany. Brittany, respectively. And I thought yeah. it was a cute concept, like, they worked on it together because Artie can sing and Mike can dance, so, like, they can do the thing the other can't do. Honestly, Great. a pretty good combo to watch. It's yeah. fine. Totally They works. finish the song, Brittany says, that's my man and his necks don't work, and then we cut to Finn, who just yells, and now, stay, bear with me here, Finn goes with, like, a fist up, just goes, tenderoni! <laughs> And I was like, what? Karina, how, 
how how on this god's green earth did i miss that because that is to, the greatest fucking thing i've heard of they cut to ben and he yells tenderoni like it's an exciting tenderoni T-E-D. oh my god we're tenderoni. making shirts we're making shirts let's say tenderoni yes pre-order your tenderoni shirt now yes um what does it mean why did he say it what does it mean in context of love like, oh man, that, that sure was a tender moment you guys shared with us. Also, pepperoni. Also, I like pizza. Um, right? I'm hungry, but also gay love. <laughs> I fully buy that in his mind he was thinking those two things at once, and that's what came out. I'm also, I also fully buy that in the one episode where he was able to go to second base with Rachel, right afterward he went, Tenderoni. It sounds like something a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle would say. Like, oh, Tenderoni, 100%. dude! <laughs> he does good. He does have, like, TNMT energy. I've just... I never have clocked it before. It showed up, like, in my... And maybe he says something else and the captions on YouTube are just worse. But I, it sounded like Tenderoni. I read Tenderoni on the captions. I don't know what it could mean. Tenderoni! Okay! It's like... This. It's like they told, this like... wonderful. It's like they told Cory Monteith, like, hey, sh- shout out something that shows you enjoyed the performance. Like, yeah, like, or great song, and he just freaked out and forgot all words. And that's what <laughs> came out. I'm surprised that that did not go more viral. I don't know. Maybe it's not something he really says, but I swear to God I will screenshot the the caption I and show everyone. To it. Tenderoni, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, anyway. Yeah. Then we get Santana and Puck in the hallway. Yeah, Santana walks up, says she went to Jared, uh, a, jewel- a well-known mall jewelry store. Yes. Bought herself a gift, and she would give him the receipt, because she still is assuming that, since they're both single, that they're dating, I guess. You know, how they Not hook how up works, like that. Okay. And mm-hmm. he was like, uh, actually, no, I'm trying to court a woman. And... <laughs> and the... Uh, I've moved on, Santana. Yes. <laughs> Santana, in a transatlantic accent, is very funny because that's not a I name you would have heard in movies at the time. Oh. So. Absolutely not. So it sounds very funny in that. It does. Um, <laughs> But Lauren um, comes up behind Santana and they go around insulting each other. Which, solid. This um, is the first maybe mention of Lima Heights adjacent. Yes. Um, which is yes. our jokes about the projects, um, right. which I guess sort of could like the whole, like Santana being like, my dad's a dentist or my dad's a doctor and has really like undercut really, but they also live in Lima Heights. They live on the wrong side of the tracks. You know, mm, it's just very much like, buy it. let's make jokes for jokes sakes. That's taken some points away from Glee. Especially since this is where, like, Lauren is kind of acting, like, blackish, we'll say. Yeah, there's some black She's kind of happening. getting... Yeah, she's... That's the word, yeah. She's getting She's getting very, um, big independent woman, don't need no man kind of she's thing. She's getting like, very nah. Ariana Grande, let's say. Yes, yes. <laughs> but my next note is, was the fight choreographer out that day? Because they get in this fight, it's the same three things just over and yeah. over again. And I buy none of it. No, absolutely not. Santana gets slid down a hallway like she's a right. penguin. Like she's just, a penguin. They just push like her. It's fucking puffin over here. Also, 
no one intervenes in this fight. No teacher comes out until it's already over. Like, right. there's no stop the violence. There's no Will bursting out to be like, hey, 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 break it up. You're my kids and I love you. Instead, it's just Beast being like, you fucking lost, man. Let's go. Yeah, let me fireman carry you out of here, which right? I thought was wonderful. Beast was like, well, shouldn't have gotten that fight. Stop it. Yeah. It, after the fight has clearly been lost by Santana, Beast is like, right. ah, stop fighting. Um, However, yeah, I, guess... I am fully, I am here for like a humbling Santana moment. Like, yes. I'm, I'm happy they did that. Um, yeah. Then we go back to this goddamn kissing booth in the middle of the hallway. <sighs> Quinn walks And up. Sam is there. Sam has to come chaperone. Uh, he says <sighs> he's a chaperone. Finn calls him a Slash pervert. Also boyfriend. Yes, um, also boyfriend. And, and so they kiss. There's a cut to There's literal fireworks. fireworks. I thought that was kind of cute. Like, sure. not a joke that, um, or like a visual kind of thing, style that Glee normally uses, but yes, to indicate right. for both of them that this kiss produced literal fireworks. They show literal right. fireworks. On the nose? Absolutely. But, like, cute. It worked. It worked. Yeah. But, uh-oh, we're gonna get cheaty again. I feel so bad. Sam deserves better. Like, I like Sam. I like Sam more than Finn a lot of the time, except for that one time when he was an asshole. All boys are assholes <laughs> the one on time. this show. All boys yeah. have to be assholes at least one episode, it seems. Yeah, that's um, truly their hazing ritual. Yeah. And so he deserves better. Find one thing to be a dick about. And then, like, Quinn leaves with Sam and then run- uses her classic, I forgot my purse line, despite the, well, I was going to say despite the fact this is school, but I knew a lot of girls who carried purses around right. in school. Right. Um, and the reason girls did that is because that's where you keep your tampons, because it's suspicious to bring your whole backpack to the bathroom when you leave um, classroom mid, mid-class, mid but it's less suspicious to bring a purse with you. So I believe you. That's just fact. That's girl facts. So she runs back to Finn and is like, meet me in the auditorium at four. Do the sing-off. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? I wish. I wish they had had a sing-off instead of what transpired there. I know. I, I fully agree with you. Um, but instead of that, we cut to the gap. <laughs> yeah, we're in a gap now. I, we're at the gap. And we're at a gap circa 2011. That's where I might have been at any given moment, too. Right? I wish I, like, the gap was where I wish I was shopping in 2011. Um, I do appreciate the line, if we get married, our children will get 50% off. That oh my is God. so Ohio. That is so middle America dream. Like, 100%. I love that. I also laughed at that line. Um, the guy that Blaine has a crush on, his name is Jeremiah. Jeremiah. After the fact. Jeremiah looks like Jasper from Twilight. This is a sentence that is either a plus or a minus, depending on who you are. I understood every other word of that. Okay, Jasper is one of the vampires from Twilight. Okay. He is played by Jackson Rathbone in the movies. Is this guy Jackson Rathbone? No, but he looks like he could be Jackson Rathbone, and especially of that era with the, like, blonde, wavy hair. I'm just saying- Maybe that guy wasn't available. Jackson Rathbone is one of those guys that is a divisive female crush. Like, he's- Really? yeah, you're either, like, into the look or you aren't. Hold on. Let me show you Jackson Rathbone in Twilight. It's kind of, like, the same way I feel like you think, um, Hozier is hot or you don't. Wait, what? What's the question? That's a thing? Well, like, Hozier kind of looks like he lives in a swamp. And it's up to you to understand if that's in, like, a sexy way or in, like, a swamp man way. Okay. 
But, like, that's Jackson Rathbone in Twilight. I see it. You can understand how this is someone you're, like... He's not a universal woman crush. Right. He's like, you have a type and it shows. Interestingly, Jackson Rathbone, Jasper, has always been my favorite of the vampires in Twilight. No further comments. Listeners, do with that information what you will. Christmas is coming up. I don't even think they sell... They don't sell Jasper merch. Because he's nothing and also was a Confederate soldier. (laughs) He was canonically in the the Civil War (laughs) for the wrong side. And Stephanie Meyer wrote it like that. Anyway. Oh, God. I need an ibuprofen. Not Jackson Rathbone. Um, <laughs> we got so far off topic. Anyway. Gets serenaded by Blaine while he's folding sweaters at the Gap. Okay. What is this song called? It's called When I Get You Alone. It's by Robin okay. Thicke. Featuring Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. It's a song I had never heard outside of Glee and have never heard anywhere else. I this have is- heard... Um, so that, like, remix, I guess, of the Beethoven symphony, yeah. I've heard a gajillion times. I Everyone's just have never heard it. Right. I've just never heard this verse. Like, I mean, this verse. I've never heard the song. The song. No, me neither. Literally, I've never heard the song before. It's another flash mob because it's 2011. Here's the thing. I don't think it can be considered a flash mob if you all show up to one spot wearing matching outfits. Because I think to be a flash mob, you have to be inconspicuous. And there's nothing more conspicuous than 12 boys in matching sh- uh, jackets showing up to a gap. I agree with you. I just think they're very bad at flash mobs. Yeah, it's, I guess that is what it is. It's a bad flash mob, because if I was right. someplace and 12 boys wearing matching jackets walked in, I'd be like, oh no. Not gonna lie. Okay, so I promise this is related. I'm ready. Back, back in the day, after, like, we had, in my youth theater, we had these school shows where we'd be able to miss school for two days of the week, for Ooh. two weeks, because we'd perform our show for schools that came and saw them, after which... We would always go to the Palisades Mall mm-hmm. in our show shirts uh-huh. and just get lunch, see a movie, whatever, right. before we had to go back to the night rehearsal. Right. And on more than one occasion, we got approached by security because a group of children all wearing the same shirt, the same clothing, indicative of gang activity. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's looking at the Warblers and being like, a gang, but I do think they're going to... I think, honestly, if you see those boys wearing matching jackets, they'd be like, oh, no, they're probably going to sing. Like, they probably fulfilled right. everyone's expectations. Right. But I guess they're And I would say the beings. same for my group of friends and me. But anyway, but that's not for me to decide. Um, a really preppy gang. This The song itself could not pay attention to a lot of it because as someone who has worked extensively in retail and in merchandising, all I could think about- Oh, my about, God, it's a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare. All I could think about was, this is going to take forever to clean up. Right. Every rack, like, everything was placed there. A group, at least five to twelve people, sat in a room, yep. mocked up a store, and went, this is exactly where we're going to put every fucking rack, and just to have a all. group of high school boys fuck it all up. Well, that's why at the end of this, like, at the end of this performance, we find out Jeremiah got fired because of it. Because they were like, right. hey, you let your fucking friend come in and flash mob around here, and they fucked everything up, so that cost you your job. So, right, a grain of truth in this weird, weird world. Agreed. I, I, am, I am team Jeremiah for many reasons. Uh, I would say it's a weird song, it's not the best number, but it's still like a, a fun Darren Chris number. Even the worst Darren Chris yeah. numbers are still pretty good. That's just his talent. It's fun. Totally. Um, the fact that anyone who's a customer in the store is into this at all is absolute bullshit. 
Unless it's like one yes, grandma agreed. who's excited that they're but like fully agree. Anyone who's like dancing in the background, no, I would have been like, we gotta leave. This right, sucks. 100%. My my turtleneck can wait. I'll go to Old Navy instead. <laughs> exactly, one hundred percent. Oh man, just we'll just order it online. So yeah, Jeremiah gets fired. He says to Blaine, Sorry, "I'm just laughing. I'm yes. Just laughing at merchandising is a curated art." Is my note. Um, Ian, you've never sounded more retail than today. I know, and I'm so fucking mad at myself. It is a curated <sighs> art. Um, yes. Jeremiah gets fired, and also he's like, Blaine, I'm not like out at work because, as I said to myself, this is Ohio. In 2011. Ma'am. Ma'am, this is Ohio. Just because Blaine lives in in gay boy sanctuary doesn't mean that everyone who works at the Gap needs to know anyone's sexuality. Read the room. He did not. He did not read the room at all. So Jeremiah's like, I'm not out. I'm not at work because it's 2011 and Ohio's presumably full of homophobic people. Uh, you can't come to my job and sing at me. That's weird. And also, we aren't dating because if we did date, it would be illegal. <laughs> right. We got coffee twice, and you're underage. And boy, does Blaine have egg on his face. And Kurt has, like, Kurt is expressing very well the emotion of feeling bad that the person he likes is, like, feeling embarrassment, but also, like, a little bit of schadenfreude. Like, well, at least Blaine's not going to be dating someone else. Sucks right. that it went this far down the toilet but at least he's not with someone else understandable feeling yes back at glee club everyone's in love but santana we hear her internal monologue yeah she'll just marry an nfl player honestly on brand i was gonna say didn't she date an nfl player but no she dated big sean <laughs> right right very, very different. different um we gotta give santana her credit where credit's due for her observational instinct she realizes by like just watching Quinn and um, Finn that like she's like she pieces it together immediately like oh shit these two are canoodling yep. like yeah good for her high school mean girl supremacy. those are superpowers baby and then superpowers her plan to get revenge because against who I'm not quite sure who she's revenging against I guess everyone in general right it doesn't seem like Quinn or Finn has particularly slighted her this episode but. I guess she's always down for some casual re- revenge. I guess I guess it's just, like, for the fact that everyone is like, yeah, you're a bitch and we don't like it. Right. So she's like, I see an opportunity to destroy. I'm going to take it. And right. her plan is to dress up as a candy striper for yes. no reason other than to get Naya uh, Rivera in a sexy outfit. Fair. Go to the school nurse. Look for someone with mono, which conveniently there was one. Which, yeah, like, apparently there's just, I mean, she says it herself best. I've had mono so many times I've turned into stereo. Hilarious line. Hilarious. A plus. A plus line. Yeah. We learned that Santana has developed an immunity to mono. Also, I mean, which happens, like, you get mono once, like, it's medically inaccurate from what I understand. Like, you get it once and that's just it. Mm -hmm. But I just love that, like... I love the borscht belt of it all. That mm-hmm. is something that totally could have been said in the Catskills in 1962 in the summer. And I would have been like, yep. Yep. So she kisses this guy, borrows his germs, gets mono, presumably. The guy's like, thanks, I guess, for being kissed. He's seen- and then walks up to Finn's kissing booth and just fucking goes for it. And says very pointedly, sorry, couldn't help myself. 
Hope you didn't catch anything. Like, <laughs> if I had anything, I hope it's not contagious. Hope it's not contagious. She literally spells it out for him. Right. Um, and it's, I guess, happens to be that she was the last person because he doesn't appear to kiss anyone else and give anyone else mono after that. Right. Or I guess it was said that you need to use tongue to get mono, and maybe that would be the stipulation as to why the whole school didn't come down with it. Right. But regardless, um, she puts her plan in motion to get revenge on Quinn and Finn by trying to give them mono. Right. Okay. Um, back to the library. We got Lauren and Puck. Um, he's actively trying to woo her, but you sang an offensive song. Also, right. I don't think you're really f- ready for this jelly. Right. It's okay Love when it. it's okay when Lauren makes comments about her size. Yes. And only Especially Lauren. Especially since that's that's clearly an empowerment move. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and it's not, it's, there's nothing like in this, in this specific context, like at her expense. Right. Um, and I do love that Puck says, let's be honest, you look the way you look. And her response is, I look like America. And that is fucking yeah. true. Amen. That is fucking true. That is just a fact. Yep. So the only logical response is to ring pop propose. Sure. A lot of proposal imagery in this show. Yeah. But I guess with the ring pop, like, I could see someone doing that in high school as, like, a Valentine's Day thing. Like, we're, yeah. we've are we been dating Cute. for a while, and we're going to ring pop propose. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says, she says, fine, she'll go on a date with him. And then says she dines at 8, which is such a late dinner for a high schooler. Like, that's bedtime. It is. It you're gonna, is. You're going to start your date at 8? That means food's not going to be there till like, 8.30 at the right. earliest. Minimum. Minimum. And that's if service is going good that night. You're not gonna At get home. Till the like, only fucking restaurant in town. You're not gonna get home till like ten thirty. Don't you have a curfew? Right. <laughs> um. Where are the adults? No adults. Cut to the auditorium. I was about to say cut to the accordion. That's not mm-hmm. right either. <laughs> and Quinn, you realize this makes me a cheater. No shit. Right. The she, whole like, fucking inciting incident of this series. Right. And like. Quinn tries to sort of, like, talk it into Finn. Like, look, cheating broke up your last two relationships because you were cheated on. And so if I do this with you, then I'm doing the same thing just to another guy. And Finn's general philosophy seems to be, well. Oh, well. Like, if it's benefiting me, I think cheating's fine. Oh, Um, Finn, no. Baby, no. And then even Quinn is like, well, I'm not breaking up with Sam even if we do this. Which is, like, a bad philosophy, I feel like. Agreed. And, but, they just, they can't resist each other. Or whatever. Okay, all that growth, all that Quinn growth, out the window. Out the window, because Finn's lips are so magical, or whatever. Okay. They give in, Um, they make out, and they're like, we're gonna do this, but also... She's like, I'm not breaking up, so they're having an affair? Which is a funny thing for high schoolers to have. 100%. 100%. High schoolers don't have affairs. I will say, though, there there's no way that that would be kept secret, especially if you're in the auditorium. That's a big fucking space. There has it's to be someone else there. so echoey. It's it's so echoey. At the very minimum, someone's hearing it. Right. And they're standing right by the ghost light, so, like, they're very visible as well. I Exactly. That's a great point. Also, I did love the ghost light blocking. Yes. I thought it was the, very like, theatrical. It very loved was. It. I bet um, neither of them. No. Quinn knows, but Finn has no idea what that light's there. Finn right. just came in and was like, look at this weird light. 
I mean, I guess I could see him knowing that from his relationship with Rachel. That's fair. I forgot they dated for kind of a while and some had to <laughs> So yeah, they kiss. Okay. Whatever. Um, we there's, don't love There's to presumably see it. tongue. Yes. Coffee shop revisited. We learned that Blaine's performed at theme parks. Fully buy it. He said that actually in the Christmas episode. That that's oh. why he needed to rehearse for Baby It's Cold Outside because he was performing that same song at Kings Island, which is a theme yes. park in Ohio. Okay. Good call. Do you have this lovely little moment of Kurt saying, Look, we you know my coffee order, we're always hanging out. I thought you were gonna serenade me. Kurt is so brave right here, just like laying it yes. out on the line. Like our brave baby boy. Like I thought, and I guess he's kind of doing because when they were talking about Valentine's Day earlier in the coffee shop, Blaine was like, "I think it's just a great day, like to have a day when you just lay all your feelings on the line." And Kurt right. was like, "But no, it's bullshit." And now he's doing it. He's laying his. He's like, "Look, I thought we were doing something here," and and so and the response and like. And Blaine's response, I was confused about because he goes, look, Kurt, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm like, no shit, you're 16. Right. Um, I, I care about you, but I'm no good at romance. I, right. I don't want to screw this up. And at the end, I was like, are they dating or not? No. What, really what Blaine is doing here is saying all the right things to sort of sure. gently let Kurt down. I think it's, he says like, oh, I really am clueless, which is to say he didn't ever pick up on, like, sure. Kurt's attraction to him, even though they spent a lot of time together. And I think at this moment he is genuinely just confused that he didn't pick up on them, that he didn't... Like, he's never thought of Kurt in that way, and he cares about him as a friend, and so okay. this is him being like, I am not emotionally available to date you, even if I thought totally. I wanted cool. to. Which Wonderful. at this moment he does not. Fine with it. And so yeah. Kurt is like, hey, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, we're like, Harry met Sally. I, I think that was also a very, like, clever Kurt thing because he's like, because I presume, I know that's the plot of Harry met Sally. Um, I've never seen that movie, but there's a Me lot either. of fan fiction based on it. And so I read the Wikipedia plot for it the other day, unrelated to this show. <laughs> and wow. the basic plot is it's two, a man and a woman who are friends for a very, very long time before getting together at the end. And so Kurt sure. being like, we're just like this. And Blaine being like, don't they get together at the end? And Kurt kind of not saying anything shows like Kurt's not quite giving up hope basically, but he's not going to push it right now. And then he goes up right. and, gives, and gives Blaine's coffee order. And Blaine's like, you know, my coffee order, my dude, your coffee order is a medium drip coffee. <laughs> like, yeah. Presumably black, maybe, I guess. Right. Like, There's no... He just orders a medium coffee. That's a very easy coffee order. But <laughs> maybe if you want to read into it, Blaine being like, oh, Kurt also, like, has been paying attention to me, I guess. And I've right. been paying attention to him. So maybe the gears are turning, but we don't know. That's... Sure. That's just, like... That's just shipper culture there. That you can right. read into 100%. that as much as you want. We're then at Breadsticks. We learned Puck, Puck got stood up. Yeah, and so to so, cope with that, he's making out with a married waitress. Yeah, the the waitress who uh, is also, yeah, again, presumably of age. Um, well, she's married, so we know she's at least something. Right. <laughs> right. Cut back to Glee Club. We clearly see the mono is setting in. Yeah. This scene, this scene, why? Why? I think that's, a, that. This scene, why? This scene, Why? 
this why is... this why this decision why this um, tina gets up to sing to mike chang she chooses to sing my funny valentine and terrible decision bad decision and then also fully breaks down sobbing in the middle of it in a weird acting like a weird choice that i don't understand I could not tell if this was her breaking up with him in a very public way or just being so overcome with her love for him because they were they had just entered the classroom yeah. together being like, we're in love, we're so in love, me, me. Yeah, she's so um, overcome with love that she breaks down crying, like has a full breakdown. But why, though? Especially singing a song to Mike Chang, Harry Shum Jr., widely known for being hot, having yeah. abs, and saying... A song where the lyrics are literally, your looks are laughable, unphotographable, unphotographable, your figure's less than Greek, your mouth's a little weak. Terrible choice. Bad choice of song. A weird, sudden character pivot for Tina, who, like I said, has never shown, like, being overly emotional. I guess earlier in this episode, after being serenaded with PYT, she says offhandedly, oh, I'm gonna cry. And then I guess she does, all over the place, and everyone's uncomfortable, and Will is like... (laughs) Why did okay, that was powerful? Why did everyone let it go on so long? I know. I feel like th- this episode we were all will just and kind like, of watching this happen and go, wait, what? And I don't know what Mike's thought was, but if I was in his shoes, as soon as the crying started, I would have been like, oh, 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 okay, let's let's recalibrate, <laughs> baby. No, like he seems to support her through it at the end there when she falls onto the ground, so overcome Slowly. with emotion. Tina oh, deserved yeah. a number. And they decided and gave her a joke. Right. Justice that was not well for done. Justice Tina. for Tina. Very weird. <laughs> and I guess part of the point of this was to show that both Finn and Quinn are experiencing mono symptoms. Which they could have just done in like a brief cutaway to that. Some fucking devious shit, man, to give two people right. mono. Oh, yeah. Um, back in the nurse's office. I love that Quinn is saying, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. And I immediately went, do you mean God, Quinn? Because you're still right. Christian. I truly expected her to say, like, because she's like, my first cheating endeavor got me pregnant. My second one got me mono. I think God's trying to tell me And the episode. She says she came from church. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I really thought she was going to play the God card here, but she didn't. She just said that nope. it was the universe. Sure. And cre- again, credit where credit's due. Quinn says... Nothing can happen between us while I fi- yeah. until I figure out while- what's going on with me and Sam, and you figure out what's going on with you and Rachel, because apparently, when I'm not catching you staring at me, you're staring at her. Okay. I- okay. I mean- I guess, like, maybe- I'm just, like, super very much, like, cheating is a deal breaker. It is. So I just can't- I can't empathize with that. No. Um. And I- I guess- I hope Finn, like, backs off in this next episodes because I feel like- Quinn laid out some very reasonable parameters, like, look, we both clearly yeah. still feel something, but I'm trying to work through some shit with my current boyfriend, so please back off on trying to woo me. And if he does back off, then I'll respect him, and if he doesn't, then I won't. Um, we're back in the hallway. Puck, essentially, I, I guess not confronts Lauren, but... He, she, um, like, they walk by, and he, she's like, oh, yeah. hey, and he's like, oh, hello, like... And she's like, oh, why are you being kind of rude to me? And he's like, you stood me up. And she's like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. And then they have a conversation in which Lauren makes a weird mixed race joke that at first she yes. thought Puck was hot because she thought he was mixed race. Weird. Little, um, little yikes. Right. That's what I said. Oh, yike. Um, <laughs> One yike. One yike. Um, but then the rest of it was her basically being like, yeah, I just, 
I'm not looking to hook up right now. So And if you want to and if you're into me, start slow. We'll right. go out as friends. Respectable, especially for Puck who has a real moment of I guess you can say vulnerability of being yeah. a fucking human where he says I like I like that you're a girl who's more badass than I am. Right. He's he finally like emphasizes like it's not actually about the way i like you because of your confidence but i couldn't but he couldn't like get past the way like he couldn't he felt like he needed to reassure her about that and i guess this is him realizing that he doesn't need to be reassuring her that he thinks she's attractive despite her weight that he's attracted to her personality amazing yeah because get this folks women are people wow I don't know why I thought for thought for sure you were about to be like, get this, folks. Women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to be like, Ian, no, that's not the point of this episode. Um, women... I know we had the gap and we had love. Women do be people, though. <laughs> women do be people. And people be shopping, ergo. That's it. We've done it. We've solved capitalism. We've solved capitalism. Um. Anyway... Rachel is in the nurse's office taking care of Finn. I mean, no one's surprised to say I don't love this scene. Um, Did you kiss her? What did it feel like? Did you you see fireworks when you kissed me? The big three questions, if you will. Um, I mean, this is like Rachel's moment of like sort of insecurity, but also her trying to sort of get over. Like, she was kind of figuring out that Finn was getting over her, so this is her trying to get over Finn, I guess. Right. In a way that's sort of really self-disparaging, because she can only compare herself to Gwyn, and not just right. the fact that yeah. she cheated. Like, but whatever. She This whole thing is a setup so that Rachel Berry can sing Fireworks by Katy Perry. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> My which, no- look... My note was literally, oh, Katy Perry again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's funny because we were just talking about what a good number firework would have been to open that episode. And now I don't like it. <laughs> really? Well, I'm a little, like, it, it's very, it's very Leah Michelle singing firework, right? Like, Yes, totally. It's very Leah Michelle singing firework. A Katy Perry song that I'm already sort of, where California Girls is a song by Katy Perry that every time I hear it, I'm still excited Firework is a song that when I hear it, most of the time I'm tired of it. Look, I am the exact opposite. Fascinating. I fucking, I, I go ham for Firework. I'm so and happy And California's, I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Um, And, I mean, okay, I appreciate that we called back to the hairbrush mic thing, and she yes! was actually kind of holding it correctly this time. She did it right, time. I thought of you. Also, Thank you. She, she, during like the climatic, like, first chorus or whatever second chorus they cut to her on stage there's fireworks behind her and at one point she just does like the tiniest amount, she just does one jump like it's not yeah. like a, it's not a theatrical she just literally like jump except it's very small right. and it's dumb and it made me laugh so hard like wh- i loved it i loved she it she just though. did a little jump like, i think i mean this was like a fun music video like yes. this and, like, I get it, like, this is her love song to herself. And I liked um, that all the other Glee girls got involved by the end. I wish they had that. come in earlier. Yes! I wish they had come in earlier, and I wish that they had been on stage with her in those cutaways. Yes. 
I think that would have been the perfect, especially because she's walking through. You see people holding the sparklers. Uh, sparklers. Not, okay, you can't do that that's, in school. So that's clearly can't do not that diet, in school. Not diegetic. I think it would have been a fun device to do that yeah. on the stage. Like you have her, you bring in the Glee girls earlier. Everyone's right. celebrating. Maybe you get them on some fun backup vocals that, like, whatever yeah. music director is on set creates. That would be tight. And then you grow the crowd on the stage, and it's just killer. I yeah. would love that. That being said, I thoroughly enjoyed this number um, and that it ends with a little group Valentine's Day date. I know. Um, weirdly short cut of the song, though. Yes. Um, and I think it's also really interesting because I hear Rachel Berry singing Firework. I assume the episode's over. And it's not. That's, that was my note, too. That could have ended there. Which makes me think, like, do you think there was, um, like... Leah Michelle's like, I will finish this episode singing Firework. And they're like, oh, actually, we're going to get the final number to Darren Chris. And we're not going to cut his song weirdly short. We're going to let him sing basically the whole song. Ooh, is that okay, Leah Michelle? Ooh. Do you think there was drama? I think there was drama. Uh, I, I assume there was drama. That she was pissed. She's like, you mean I'm not singing the closing number of Firework? We're giving it to Darren Chris to sing a song that the episode is named after? I mean, now all I can think about is, like, were they really actually friends? Because there is video footage of them, like, quote-unquote addressing the Leah Michelle can't read rumor. Mm -hmm. um, which, like, implies that they got along, that they were friendly enough to, like, hang out and do that together. Right. But were they? Well, I don't know. Actually, here's some here's something to think about with that. That's something that I think is very telling amongst that issue. So, uh, today Zach worked to try to upload my library old copies of Glee DVDs. He, uh, the ones mm -hmm. he can get to work, he was like, oh, there's extras. Um, here's the thing. In all six seasons of Glee that were all released on DVD, there is not a single blooper reel. There is no outtakes reel, no blooper reels ever released for Glee. And I just think that's very, very telling that you can't show, like behind-the-scenes, not-scripted footage. I hate conspiracy theories. I don't respect conspiracy theories. I love this conspiracy theory. All their behind-the-scenes extras is all scripted things, like sit-down interviews or, like, skits with Heather Morris. It's all scripted content. There is no, like, cast goofing around on set. Like, there's no, like, outtakes. There's no nothing like that. So... I believe some I members of the Glee cast were genuinely friends. Adjusting our uh, glasses. Mm -hmm. Taking a drink out of our cat's cups. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we go to breadsticks. Every... <laughs> Where else would we be? Kurt has apparently, in one night, organized an entire event at breadsticks, including renting a bright red microphone. <laughs> <laughs> from where? I don't know. Uh, the um, the microphone anyway. store. Uh, everyone from Glee Club, Sans, no. Quinn, and Finn, who have mono, are there. Um, yes. And what Kurt says is he's organized a Lonely Hearts Club dinner where you can be single and hoping or in a relationship but friends with Kurt. Um, and right. she's, they're here to perform. Here's what I think is a little bit of bullshit. Uh, it is Kurt's event, and he doesn't get the leading... Like, he doesn't even get a solo on a song Thank at his you. own event. Oh my god, imagine the very quick emergency council meeting that Kurt had to call, where they 
argued for God knows how long, and the conclusion they came to is, we'll do it, but Blaine has to sing it. And Kurt's being like, I guess. Damn. But also probably being like, well, if it'll get me closer to him, totally. Right, he's like, ready to simp. Yeah, and so Blaine sings Silly Love Songs, the name of the episode. We did it. I... Do you have feelings about this song? My feeling about the song is that this absolutely could have been mashed up with Ain't Too Proud to Beg, mm. and it would have been fire. That's fair. Uh, my thoughts of this song is, I thought it was by Billy Joel, and it's not. That's the funniest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> God bless. Oh my God. This episode is full of me <laughs> believing songs are fully by other artists. <laughs> yep. Yeah. This is actually ZZ Top. <laughs> um it's fine it's cute i like darren chris it's a cute song i like darren chris um and honestly i do think i think this would have been more fun if it happened to be like okay it's valentine's day at um it's valentine's day at breadsticks right maybe it is a lonely hearts club night but the new directions are gonna sing this yeah maybe minus finn and quinn but i think that would have been a fun like co-ed group number right or it would have been fun if it was, like, staged this, like, Valentine's karaoke. Or if, like, yeah. honestly, even if Kurt and Blaine got to sing this together. I just think it's really bullshit that Kurt didn't get to sing it all except in backup vocals. Absolutely. And in conclusion, mm-hmm. I, I was watching, the, I, I paused on the credits yeah. that spelled out, that basically said all the Dalton boys' names. Yeah. In conclusion, the Dalton boys' names are Wes, Jeff, David, Thad, Thad. and Nick. Good for them. Big private school energy. Yeah, for real. Uh, well, that was our our, our love tastic episode. Love tastic. And you know what else we love? What music? Yes. So today, Ian, you have to pick one of these songs to download on your iTunes to play at that swinging Valentine's Day party that you're going to later. I presume those were a thing, right? Sure. People had those. We probably went to one. I don't know. Um. So, here's the songs that you get to pick from. So, your choices are Fat Bottom Girls, PYT, When I Get You Alone, Firework, Silly Love Songs, and I guess it was not released as a single, but we can count the weird version of My Funny Valentine if you want. (laughs) But just know that they did not release a version of Tina singing that nicely. It was just never, never meant to be. Justice for Tina. Honestly. Okay, so... I was gonna go with Firework, mm-hmm. just because I like the song, even if right. it's uh, Rachel Berry singing it. I am going to go with Fat Bottom Girls. Interesting. How come? I just think that's, it, that was just so much fun. I mean, I agree with you. Like, out of context, I think it's gonna sound great. I think, like, it's... Yeah, they did a rocking job with that one. My second is gonna be um, When I Get You Alone, just because, you know... Simp. Um... But I think Fat Bottom <laughs> Girls is them. the right Fat Bottom Girls is the right answer. I think it's listenability okay. is just the best of all the best like, of all of them. And no disrespect to Queen or Fre- Freddie Mercury, I would happily have both yeah, the original and the cover on exactly. that playlist. He just sounded great singing it, and without the context, I think it would actually be better than it was in the show. And I want to experience that. Agreed. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm laughing at a joke that I haven't even made yet. Um, it's not even my joke. So we just discussed <laughs> season two, episode twelve, silly love songs. Um, mm-hmm. 
let's talk about this part first. Uh, Ian, where can they find you? You can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram at ibrowski, ianjbrodsky.com. Um, doing some plugs here. Um, yeah. Check out my show at Rockwood Music Hall, January 9th. Um, yeah, January mm-hmm. 9th, 7 p.m., mm-hmm. Rockwood Music Hall Stage 3. Um, stay tuned. Follow me on the social medias so that I can... Uh, Start plugging a couple other things that I'm really excited about um, that I can't talk about just yet. So, but um, which makes it sounds more. I mean, it, it is pretty exciting. But, it is exciting. Um, anyway, what about you, Karina? Where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all under the same handle. I am at Epic Adventure of. Yes, we're we're here. We're there. We're making content. I guess. Yeah. Well enough, at least. The show is at Glee Aggressive uh, on Facebook twitter and instagram the facebook's there just because but you're welcome to follow it um yeah uh you can email us in long form at gleeaggressive at gmail.com on that note yes big old shout out to elizabeth yeah who wrote in after the last episode karina and i were literally talking texting like do you know this person no do you know so yes. we're so excited um that we had someone write in to tell us about how the arrangements for the warbler songs and the backing vocals are from the tufts university yes beelzebubs i, think I don't so. I, I don't i don't know if i'm saying that right um, and yeah. sent us their version of bills 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 um and also informed us that not only did she get, I'm guess, I'm assuming her pronouns are she, let me know if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, um, got a choir scholarship, but so did a bunch of her friends. Yeah, so, who knew? Very excited to hear all of that. I want to know where you grew up because we did not have that where I grew up. Otherwise, so, Ian would have fully been there looking for that choir I would have transferred. We would have been friends. Um, congratulations. Yes. Um, so we're, we're so happy to hear from Thank you. you. Thank you so much Elizabeth for writing in. for writing in. And you too can write in and we'll talk about you on the show. Um, yes. Write in today and tell us about what song, tell us what your favorite ZZ Top song is. Because I sure don't know any. Or alternatively, Me neither. what's your favorite episode of Bones? Mine is the one. Oh my God. Oh my God. Tell me, tell me. Mine's I the one with ZZ cast? Top on it. Which one? He's a recurring character. Oh my God. The one where they find out ZZ Top is Angela's dad. Yes. Oh my god, I love that. Um, wow. So that's, uh, Bones. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's Bones. Also, um, if you like the show, you can tip us, um, through the show notes. Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, t- like, let's be real with some listeners right now. With Glee going off the air, I mean, Glee going off the oh screen. Oh my god, yes. Your tips will be more appreciated than ever, because currently we're just buying each episode as we go until we figure out a better plan. And a I better can... plan is yet to be forthcoming. And I can guarantee you, your money is going to go straight to us buying episodes of yes. Glee. Your money literally will fund us being able to continue making this podcast. Please. Oh, <laughs> so, man. If you don't feel like doing that, minimally uh, tell your friends, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Just, we're going to keep doing it, I promise you, but if we need to be a little more like, you want to give us some money, there's right. a concrete reason as to why we need it Exactly. Now. But yeah, so that's the show. Um, thanks for yes. listening, especially if you've made it this far. Yeah, honestly. So, uh, you can join us next week. We will be listening to and watching, and you'll listen, I guess, to season two, episode 13, which is entitled Comeback, um, mm. which does leave me to say, Ian, does this episode of Glee make you want to watch the next episode of Glee? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see where this goes. All right. All right.